You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Warning! The following episode asks the question, why are butts and poop so funny? Obviously, there are lots of butt and poop jokes. If this is not your thing, we suggest any other episode of Brains On. Except the other one about poops. Or the one about sewage. Or either of the two-part episodes. But the rest should be fine, right? Sure. Now, on with the show. Hey, Hart, how are you doing? As I live and beat, if it isn't the lungs. Oh, Hart, you're such a breath of fresh air. Hey, thanks for hosting this body parts party. We really don't hang out enough. I know. I was just telling the eyes I'm always too busy working. In fact, I'm working right now. Blood's not going to pump itself, am I right? Tell me about it. I'm multitasking too. Gotta keep those breaths coming and going. Hey, party people! Oh, hey, it's Butt. Butt's up, everyone. <laughs> hey, sorry I'm late. I feel like I'm always running a little behind. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Behind, because he's the butt. So good. Yeah, I just ran over from hanging out with my pal Toilet Paper. And boy, am I wiped. Oh, yeah, it's a good one, right? <laughs> oh, hey, eyes. Oh, <laughs> hey, butt. Hey, it's always nice to see ya. <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, thanks. I, I do look at stuff. Butt's just so funny. Right, Lungs? Yeah, he's a real jokester. Speaking of looks, people always ask me, how do I look so good? And I say... It's all in the jeans. Preferably Levi's. <laughs> Mariah! <laughs> I crack myself up. <laughs> he has a crack. Get it? Oh, is that mouth? Hey, what's the good word, buddy? <laughs> I'm only teeth in you. <laughs> oh, say ears. You got a second to listen? Boy, have I got a story for you. <laughs> oh, man. So this one time, I was mad at and I came to the How is butt always so funny? I wish I was good with jokes like that. I'd be so cool. Butt's just full of hot air. And anyway, I think you're cool as you are, Hart. I mean, you're good at rhythm, you keep things moving, and you're a vital organ. I'd say you're as cool as they come. Aw, thanks, Lungs. You know, I think you're pretty rad, too. Thanks. Besides, have you smelled Butt's breath? P.U. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Colby from Boston. Hi, Colby. Hey, Molly. This has like been my like a lifelong dream, so I'm like so happy to be here. So happy. <laughs> we are so happy that you're here, Colby. And you know the reason you're here is that you asked us the question that inspired this episode. Can you remind us what it was? Yeah, it was um, why do people think butts and poop are so funny? It's a great question. So what inspired the question? Um, I don't know. I just think it was like, I just thought like, butts and poop are so funny. I wonder why. Are there people in your life who don't think they're that funny? Um, I mean, like my mom kind of thinks they're funny, but kind of not. Um, I'm like, my brother's a baby, but like when he was like three months old, I said like butt and he was like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> so even though he probably didn't understand the word butt, he thought the sound of it was funny. 
Yeah, and like it is kind of a funny sound. And 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 you know what? Just like one weird thing is kind of unrelated. But butts have like so many other names, like Tukus, Fanny, Heine. It's <laughs> a really good point. What do you think is the funniest name for a butt? I gotta say Tukus. It's just like weird. Just like Tukus. Yeah, like you, you just that. like kind of wanna. Yeah, you gotta get that ch in there. You gotta say Tukus, right? <laughs> yeah, Tukus, Tukus. <laughs> I mean, I admit that I definitely find potty humor funny, and my five-year-old really, really loves potty humor. So naturally, we wondered if there was a reason so many of us giggle at glutes. Or cackle at caca. And is it just silly fun, or is there an important reason we do it? Funny or not, butts are a big part of our lives. We dress them and clean them every day. We build chairs for them, and we wear pants that flatter them. Famous artists sculpt them. Athletes do exercises to strengthen them. And like everyone has one of them. And no matter how rich or powerful or famous you are, you can't have two. It's just a fact. One person, one butt. No butts about it. Excuse me, mind if I butt in? Oh, well played, Anna. Colby, this is our pal, Anna Goldfield. Hi, Anna. Hey, Molly. Hey, Colby. Anna, are you carrying pom-poms and a drum? Yes. I had to pop in because I wanted to make sure you knew just how special your butt is. And not just your butt, all human butts. They're so special, I am going to do a cheer for them. You have our attention. Think about it. Our butts are completely unique from any other mammal. Go ahead. If you have a dog, cat, hamster, any other non-human mammal handy, take a look at their hind end. They have pretty bony butts. Animal butts just go from hips to feet without, like, that big cushiony rear end that we have. Can you think of any reason why that is? Why do we have more rump in our trunks than the average bear, or giraffe, or gerbil, for that matter? Um, I think one reason might be because they stand off our legs, but I think another reason could be because, like, they have to poop on the ground, so, like, they're just, like, I poop on the ground. I poop wherever I want. And so basically, I feel like it's kind of better to be closer to the ground for that. I don't know. Yeah, those are all good thoughts. The main reason for our rumpage is because we walk on two legs, a very uncommon thing in the animal world and a super important one. Just think, because our ancient ancestors started walking on two feet instead of all fours, it freed up their hands, thus allowing them to high five each other. Yeah, and other equally amazing things like making tools or gathering food or playing drums. So our butts are a side effect of walking upright, and walking upright might have helped our species do amazing things? Yep, so let's get to know these ever-so-important additions to our species, shall we? Our butts are made of three major muscles, the gluteus minimus, small butt, gluteus medius, medium butt, and the gluteus maximus, big butt, helpfully named in order of size. In fact, the gluteus maximus is the largest muscle in our whole body. The gluteus maximus must be pretty important if it's so big. Plus, it has a name that sounds like a Roman emperor. All hail gluteus maximus. All three of those gluteus muscles are super important for helping us move our legs and torsos and keeping us stable when we stand upright. So when did humans first start rocking on two legs? Actually, that happened way before we humans even existed. Around four million years ago, our early ancestors lived mostly in trees and moved around in similar ways to chimpanzees. 
Their arms were longer than their legs, and they used those long arms to help them climb around the treetops. But some brave individuals started coming down from the trees and walking on the ground instead to find food and water and other things that they needed. Did they walk like we do right away? They didn't, not right away. It took around a million years for our ancestors to evolve to be able to walk completely upright. One important change was in the hips. Early ancestors had hip bones more like a chimpanzee. These hips were straight and flat. Have you ever seen a chimp walk on two legs? Yeah, they kind of like waddle. It's equal parts cute and funny. I love it. Right. Their bodies aren't built to walk upright. Our early ancestors were like that too. But over generations, they started developing different bone structures that made it easier to walk. Their hips became wider and more bowl-shaped, perfect for walking and closer to what we have today. The more they walked, the more they built up those gluteus muscles, and eventually, we got butts. Wow, I'm really proud of our butts. They've come a long way. Yeah, way to go, butts. Yeah, go butts! Oh, and speaking of, are you ready for my cheer? A cheer for the rear, if you will. Always. What do we want? Butts! When do we want them? Gradually over millions of years. But, but, we don't mind. They always run a little behind. They may have taken millions of years, but now we have amazing rears. Wanted to walk, our problem was solved. We're so glad our buttocks evolved. Yay, but! <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Always happy to talk tushes. Later. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's the... (laughs) Colby, do you have any guesses? This is kind of weird, but like someone blowing up a balloon and then some animal just comes in trying to eat them. (laughs) I like that. It's a whole story. I I appreciate it. Yeah, but I also think it could be like some sort of like animal like farting and then Mm. like just like growling or something. Mm, Okay, so we heard some potentially blowing balloon type noises, but then some animal came in and did something. (laughs) I enjoy that answer very much, but we'll be back with the answer. And another chance to guess right after the credits. We're working on an episode about telekinesis. That's the word used to describe the superpower of moving things with your mind. If you had this superpower, what would you use it for? Colby, what about you? What would you use the superpower of telekinesis for? I saw this in a show that I was like watching the other day. It was really cool. And I think I might use it for just like super wedgies. Like you can just give them a wedgie and then no one knows. <laughs> like you can um, just like give someone in like in school, like no one knows that, that you were the one who gave them a wedgie and then you can just blame someone else. <laughs> okay, Colby, I have to ask, why are we giving people wedgies? Uh, because... <laughs> So maybe you're not using your superpower for good. Maybe it's turning you into a villain. I like being a villain. (laughs) Good to know. Well, listeners, we want to hear your answers. Send us a recording at brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can also send us mystery sounds, drawings, and questions. Like this one. 
My name is Alex and I'm from Westwood, New Jersey. My question is, where does a candle go when it burns? You can find an answer to that by heading to our Moment of Um podcast. We're bringing you bite-sized answers to your big questions every weekday. Find it wherever you listen to Brains On. And remember, you'll hear an answer to the mystery sound after the credits. So keep listening. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. We interrupt this broadcast of the Brains On podcast with a late-breaking edition of Bow Action News. Your number one source for number two news. I'm Sandin Totten. And I'm Manika Wilhelm. Tonight, we bring you a shark meal gone wrong, an excrement experiment, and some monkeys contributing to biology with their boom booms. Today's top story Imagine if you did something embarrassing, like, say, bite into a poopy, and everyone found out about it. That's what happened to an ancient shark. Millions of years ago, a massive shark cruised slowly through the water, looking for its next meal. It saw a promising shape floating in the murky depths, and... Oh no, the taste of poo! So embarrassing. Extremely. Worse yet, that half-chewed dookie fossilized. And just recently, scientists found it, complete with the impressions of the shark's teeth. Yikes. Now everyone knows that shark tasted a turd. In Didi duty. The scientists studying it analyzed the shark's teeth marks, and they determined the shark probably chomped the poo by biting through the belly of its prey. So, less embarrassing. The shark could not be reached for comment because it died millions of years ago, probably of embarrassment. Next, we turn to the world of archaeology. In 1998, a book was published that told a story of an Inuit hunter in the frigid Arctic using a knife made of his own frozen poo. People have wondered for years, was the story true? Da-da-da-da! Enter science. Archaeologist Metin Aaron and his team of researchers tested the story by freezing multiple samples of human poo into the shape of a knife. The end result? The blades just didn't cut it. Poop. Good for flushing, bad for hunting. So true. And finally, biologists in India have found the seeds of a previously unknown species of tree 
thanks to the poops left behind by local monkeys. That's right. The fruit of the gala tree that grows in Indian rainforests is very bitter, and the people there avoid eating it. But monkeys love this stuff. Biologists sifting through monkey poo found the seeds of two previously unknown species of gala tree. Thanks, monkeys. It goes to show that you never know where a new discovery is waiting. In this case, it was waiting in doo-doo. Thank you for tuning in to Channel 2 News, where all the news comes out in the end. And remember, we're better than number one. We're number two. And we're back. This is Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Colby. And I'm Molly. Okay, let's get to the reason we're all here. Butt jokes? Why, you got one? Mm-hmm. What did one butt cheek say to the other one? What? Between you and me, it stinks in here. <laughs> Very cheeky. I love it. But no, the reason we're here is to answer your question. Why do people find poop and butts so funny? It turns out this is a question that gets at how we develop humor in the first place. Oh, really? Yeah. You see, no one is born laughing at butts and babies poop all the time and never so much as snicker at a soiled diaper. Thinking this stuff is funny is something that happens over time. So let me walk you through the stages of humor. When babies are born, they have zero sense of humor. Hey, baby. Do you know why a parent can't change a light bulb? Because they don't make light bulb diapers. Huh? Nothing? Move over it. Let me try. Hi, darling. I love you. I love you. Hey, how do you get an astronaut baby to sleep? You rock it. Rock it. Like a rocket ship? Because it... Forget it. See? She's a terrible audience. She gets that from you. But pretty quickly, babies start to find things funny. Vasu Reddy is a professor of developmental and cultural psychology at the University of Portsmouth in England. She studies humor in kids. And she says often, around three or four months, babies start to laugh. Just like your brother, around three months, laughed at the word but. Which is ridiculously early when you think about it. I mean, this, they, they've been smiling a bit before, but they actually can laugh like belly laughs, you know, uh, very unexpectedly. Um, like when you're making faces at them or wobbling your lips and going kind of that sort of thing. And then you can get this sort of gut laugh and it initially just takes you by surprise. So what's happening there? What's happening is that babies are really good at learning patterns. Vasu says they start to pick up on rules for how things usually are in the world, like normal patterns of speech. And when something breaks those rules, it's very funny to them. Like unusual sounds coming from your mouth. Like, can you, is there like a sound you make, like besides the word butt, Colby, that your brother finds funny? Yeah, like kind of like just like a spitting sound, like. That kind of violation of normal rhythms or normal sounds in itself seems to be funny. And you can you can get this not only in babies, but children of all ages and in adults too. Something, you know, doing a funny walk, for instance. It's funny because it violates that which it should be. It, it looks different from that which it should be. And that kind of in itself seems to provoke laughter. Yum, 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 yum,
<laughs> wow, this material is really landing. Maybe we should try it at the open mic tonight. Yeah. If our baby is any indication, the audience will love it. Giggle, 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 giggle. <laughs> Within a few months, babies start not just laughing, but trying to make others laugh too. They might make silly noises, or maybe they'll break the rules in other ways, like using physical humor, like putting a spoon to their ear instead of their mouth. Or putting pants on their head. Yes, classic toddler humor right there. Vasu Reddy says they also might break the rules by doing things more extreme than we're used to, like banging something really loudly or wiggling really frantically. So it's like kind of like clowning around, you know, like overacting to get a laugh. Yeah, exactly. And that reaction is a big part of the next step of developing humor. As kids start learning language, they learn that some words or patterns of speech tend to get big reactions, like a joke or a riddle, for instance. Doris Bergen is a distinguished professor with Miami University. She studied children's humor for decades, and she says kids are quick to pick up on a joke or riddle pattern, even if they don't get why it's funny. And they learn the riddle pattern sometimes before they really can tell a good riddle. Like I had one child who told a joke, why the boy salute the refrigerator? And the answer was because it was a general electric. And so then his younger sister said, why is the boy salute the refrigerator? And then she said, to be a baby. And then she laughed and laughed. Do you know why the chicken crossed the world? Why, honey? Because it has feathers. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Hmm. I see what you're trying to do with that joke, but it's not working. Maybe workshop that one a little bit more. <laughs> And now we get to the holy grail of humor, potty jokes. These often happen after kids learn to use the bathroom on their own. And there's a good reason for that. You see, we often joke about things that were once kind of scary or stressful, but that we no longer feel worried about. So like joking about a tough test after taking it or making fun of some sort of like embarrassing moment later on when you're no longer embarrassed about it. Exactly. Grownups do this all the time. They make jokes about their awkward teenage years or that time they split their pants playing softball. Guess my pants didn't make it through the seventh inning stretch. Ooh, nice one. Thanks. And so when you're a little kid, potty training can be very stressful. I mean, up until then, you just made boom boom or pee pees wherever. <laughs> now you have to go to a special room or else you're doing it wrong. Yikes. Doris Bergen says the jokes start after kids have mastered that big skill. For children, the potty humor is their way of sort of saying, you know, this is something that really was challenging at a time to control and so on and so forth. I'm not worried about it now, so I can joke about it and I can really think it's funny. Plus, like we mentioned before, kids find things funny when they get a big reaction from others around them. And words like but and poop, and fart, and pee are kind of taboo. We are told not to say them in polite company. So when you break that rule and say them, you get a big reaction, and that can be hysterical to a kid. Okay, how about this joke? Knock, knock. Who's there? Doctor. Doctor who? Doctor Poopy McButtface. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, it's unconventional, but it works. 
I mean, I don't get it, but you did say poop and buds, so I'm laughing. <laughs> Our kid is a comedic genius. Get this kindergartner a Netflix special ASAP. So to recap, it's a relief to laugh about something that used to stress us out. We also laugh when things break the rules about what we should and shouldn't say. And we often find things funny when they get a big reaction. Toilet humor hits all these points, and so it's no wonder we love a good potty joke. Like, hey, Colby, why didn't the toilet paper cross the road? Uh, why? Because it got stuck in a crack. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the psychology of why toilet humor tickles children. But why do many adults, myself included, still find this stuff so funny? Yeah, is there something about, like, butts and poop that makes them such perfect topic for jokes? To find out, Colby actually interviewed a comedian a couple weeks ago, a comedian named Tim Platt, who's also a full-grown adult who also still thinks butts are funny. Why are poop and butts funny? I have a few thoughts about why I think they're funny. I think butts are funny because every part of our life tries to keep butts hidden. Mm -hmm. Pants, dresses bathing suits, underwear. And then when the butt, when it's time for the butt to do the one thing it's supposed to do, which is poop, yeah, you take it out for a second and then you have to hide it again in the toilet so no one can see it. So there's so much effort to hide the butt. <laughs> yeah, We're supposed to pretend like butts don't exist. And when someone says a butt, like, look, there's a butt. Yeah. There's just something funny about how that contrasts with the way we all are supposed to behave around butts, which is pretend like it doesn't exist. It sort of makes all the effort for nothing. And that's sort of funny. When you work really hard at something and then the opposite happens, there's always something kind of funny about that. Yeah. I do think the word poop is funny. And this is something that's interesting about comedy. When you make comedy, some words sound funnier than others. And those words are usually short and they usually have consonants in the beginning and the end that really pop, that really sound um, kind of like percussive, which a percussive means like like a beat, you know, like you're beating a drum. So poop, butt, poo-poo. You know, those words can sort of like, they pop, they're short, they're powerful. So because it's, it's, it's like out of nowhere, you're just like, poop. Yeah. You know, that sounds funny. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, hello, poop. Yeah. Imagine this, uh, hello, bathroom. Yeah. Sort of, it sort of means pretty much the same thing, but it's not as funny. Hello, toilet. Yeah. Hello, poop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is the sound of the word. It feels fun to laugh at a word like that. Why do kids think it's funny and why do adults not think it's funny? Or most adults? I think kids think it's funny. And Colby, tell me if you think it's, tell me what you think about this, because I'm not a kid anymore. There's so many rules. There's so many things you aren't allowed to do. Just the act of saying butt or poop is sort of you telling to the world, like, you know, you actually can't tell me what to do, you know? Like, you can tell me sort of what to do, but I can still say this, you know? It's like when you're potty training, they're, like, talking about it all the time, but then, like, you learn how to poop, and then one day later, you can't talk about poop anymore. Basically. And And it's that thing that also they see you guys see how adults respond. And that's funny too. When you yeah. see an adult do like, they're just like, hey. yeah, it's, it's funny for that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think adults don't think it's as funny because frankly, 
when you've lived 30 years with a butt, you know, <laughs> at a certain point, you're like, well, it's not surprising anymore. No one's telling me I can't talk about my butt. Everyone I know has a butt. I have a butt. Yeah. I use it every day. It's sort yeah. of like, yeah, you're, you're over it. You're over having a butt, <laughs> you know? You're like, it's a butt's just a butt. It's like an elbow. It's it's whatever, you know? So yeah. it's, I think it's about how adults and kids think about butts in general. That means, that makes talking about it or bringing them up in conversation funny or not funny. Yeah. What's the best poop joke? What's the best poop joke? Yes. It's just somebody going, who farted? <laughs> yeah. It's especially funny when somebody didn't fart. You say who farted and no one farted. Then everyone's looking at each other, like thinking that they don't want anyone to think that they did. They're looking to see if anyone else did. They can't smell it, but they're smelling even more because they want to, because they think someone farted. Yeah. So I think just saying who farted is the funniest poop joke. Thank you, Tim. And thank you for joining like Brains On. Thank you, Colby. I'm so happy to talk to you. Butts are pretty amazing. They're made up of three powerful muscles known as the glutes. They help us walk upright, which is an important part of being human. We start to develop humor very early in our lives, but potty humor usually comes, like, after potty training. That's because butt and poop jokes help kids make light of what was once something pretty stressful, but is now no big deal. And potty humor usually gets a big reaction from adults, which can be very funny to kids. Some people stop laughing at butts and poop as they get older, but there are many of us who don't. And in fact, many comedians make a career out of joking about this stuff. That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was produced by Bolly Bloom, Ruby Guthrie, Rosie DuPont, Medica Wilhelm, Mark Santos, Sandin Totten, and Anna Weggle. Anna Goldfield is our number one fellow, and our executive producer is Beth Perlman. This episode was sound designed by Eduardo Perez and mixed by Johnny Vince Evans. Many thanks to Catherine Freed, Cameron Eddy, Logan, Brant Miller, Alex Allenson, and Lulu. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Lily Kim, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. There are lots of ways you can support the show. You can donate, buy our books, or tell your friends about us. Head to brainson.org to find out more. Now, Colby, are you ready to go back to that mystery sound? Of course. All right, here it is. Okay, what are your new thoughts? Oh, I know, I know, I know. Someone blows up a balloon and then like it just like pops and it's like flying around the room and it sounds like a fart. A hundred percent correct, Colby. Yeah, I'm so smart. <laughs> I really appreciate that. You told me you've never gotten the mystery sound right, but you got it right when you're the co-host. Well Yay. done, Colby. Very good work. Brains on. This list of names is no mystery. It's time for the Brains on a Roll. These are the kids who keep this show going by sharing their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives with us. Sophia from Chicago, May and Colin from Seattle, Kara from Austin, Texas, Dre from San Diego, Lucas and Dana from Dallas, Luke from Seattle, Lois from Provo, Utah, Emma from Sydney, Australia, Atticus from Illinois, Alice and Lilac from Los Angeles, Adelie, Luella, Charlotte, Elizabeth, and Felix from Harrisburg, Virginia, Kenley and Felicity from North Adams, Massachusetts, Hannah Luna from North Bay, Ontario, Marion from Canyon, Texas, Paisley from Tigard, Oregon, Kate from Belton, Texas, Jasmine from Princeton, New Jersey, Nellie from Cincinnati, Lucas from Melbourne, Australia, Luke from Palm Harbor, Florida, 
Florida, Xander from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Aiden and Corinne from Seattle, Portis from Austin, Texas, Raphael, Adele, Gershon and Baruch from Baltimore, Bard from Vienna, Austria, Fiona from San Diego, Barrett, Finley, Duncan and Cole from Syracuse, Utah, Annalise, Lucas, Nathan and Oliver from Vancouver, Ridima from Bengaluru, India, Nasira and Satara from Illinois, Violet from Gainesville, Florida, Io from Austin, Texas, Eleanor, Liam and Owen from Upper Hutt, New Zealand, Lewis and Evelyn from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Rio from Ladera Ranch, California, Audrey from Queenstown, New Zealand, Henley from Cleveland Heights, Ohio, Lucas from Melbourne, Australia, Ellie from Waltham, Massachusetts, Jeffrey and Sybil from Seattle, Anya and Arjun from Foster City, California, Evelyn from Longmont, Colorado, Maya from Elisa Viejo, California, Rupert from Devon, United Kingdom, Hannah and Matthew from Alberta, Susan and William from San Antonio, Texas, Christopher from New Hope, Pennsylvania, Clara and Adri from Smyrna, Georgia, Joel from Seattle, Braden, Xavier and Shelby from Topeka, Kansas, Brantley from Basking Ridge, New Jersey, Cody from Pittston, Maine, Freya from Santa Cruz, California, Stanley and Amelia from San Francisco, Clark from Philadelphia, Liam from Hudson, Wisconsin, Willow from Singapore, Calvin from Attleboro, Massachusetts, Lila from Davidson, North Carolina, Maxwell and Isaac from San Jose, California, Eamon from Springfield, Virginia, Ava from Holly Springs, North Carolina, Cecilia and Francis from St. Louis, Quincy from New York City, Olivia and Ian from San Francisco, Anthony from Martinez, California, Wimberly and Wyatt from Houston, and James from Stafford, New Jersey. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.